Welcome to another episode of Ring the Bell with the Masters of Marketocracy. Uh, tonight we have John Archer, Glenn Brownworth, and Tony Mitchell, myself here to talk about the market and stocks. Uh, this morning, CPI came out a little hotter than expected, and the market's pulled back on the news. But we're going to get stock specific tonight, as I know you guys like to do. And I want to start by talking about Boeing. What do you do with Boeing? Do either either of you guys? I've I've held Boeing, uh, and I'll tell you what I did with it. But do you guys hold Boeing? And what did you did you do anything this week? Uh, no, I do not hold Boeing. But uh, having seen their issues in the last couple of years with I, what is it, the seven thirty seven, that it's it's had issues, but they got them back in the air. But you know, I, I'm I don't know enough about the airline industry to you know to really put money into it. That's just you know. From where I'm coming from in that situation, John. Yeah, I owned Boeing uh, many, many years ago because I thought um, investing in a duopoly would be a, a a good idea. But Airbus and Boeing just beat each other to a pulp on pricing and and everything else, and it ended up not being uh, the investment I uh, had hoped it would be. But uh, you know, as a manufacturer, they have high fixed costs, and um, they've got significant risk with respect to safety and regulation. Uh, but I'll tell you, their their backlog is is pretty impressive. Yeah, because but, they're a duopoly. Yeah. It's either them or Airbus or Embraer. But Embraer doesn't build the giant airplanes. It's so that's it. Who else yeah. do you go to? Well, yeah. it, it was, it is a duopoly. It was one of my largest positions as well. And I was very happy with it. It was moving great off the October lows. It, it, it really took more of a run than I could have expected up into the uh, last week of December. And I was getting prepared for it to uh, run a little bit higher. And then this happened and what an incredible story and thank God that nobody was hurt. Uh, but I really just felt like it's going to take a hit. Um, it's still a duopoly. It's interesting listening to uh, people talk about it this week. Uh, that's something. It's like a 50-50 split. Some are like, hey, they're going to come back. This is a two-week thing. And others are like, really? A two-week thing? This could have been such a catastrophe. And I tend to be in that camp. And when I got the news, uh, I decided over the weekend, I'm, I was selling everything first thing Monday morning. In fact, I sold some in the uh, after hours market Sunday night. Um, and then I got up Monday morning and I sold everything. And in fact, right now I, I hold some puts on Boeing um, because I think it still has a little bit lower to go. Uh, it was as high as about 262, 265 um, toward the last week of December. It's today, I think it closed at about 223, down a few more dollars today. Uh, there was proximate plus or minus a little bit there. Um, and, and I think it could still go a little bit lower from here. And I just don't feel good about it. There might be a time that it can come back. Um, and it probably in the long, longer term will do okay because it is a duopoly. But I think that they're going to get punished on this. Um, from the like, John, you talked about regulation. And the regulators don't like this. It makes them look bad when stuff like this happens. I mean, I mean, a plug that plugged the door fell out of the plane right in the middle of. I mean, it was everybody was so lucky that it was just on takeoff, and there were only seventeen thousand feet. 
They mentioned that the bolts fell out, but then the further inspection found that the bolts were never actually installed in the first place. So that goes well, on. I, I haven't seen now. those details yet. I, I know yeah. that uh, upon inspections of other planes, United and Alaska already found additional loose bolts on other planes. Yeah. So I haven't seen that final report. Um, the FAA has been adamant about they haven't even finalized the inspection procedures for this yet. Um, I think a lot of people were taking this a little bit too lightly, and um, I, I I just made the decision. I knew it was going to be down, but I made the decision I was selling as soon as possible Monday morning, and that's what I did. Um, and I, I I took my medicine. <laughs> that's all I could say. Yeah. It was it wasn't fun, but I took my medicine and I said I'm I'm going to be done with it for now. So, yeah. um, but hey. What about Alaska Airlines? Now, I didn't own Alaska Airlines. I don't know if you guys do, but I am shocked that their stock is not lower. I mean, if you one of the things that came out in the reports is this plane that lost the plug had been had its warning lights coming on. And the Alaska Airlines decided, well, we'll keep flying it. We just won't fly it over water. I mean, really? The warning lights are coming on and you don't pull the plane out and service it. I mean, how can they continue flying this? And why isn't the FAA smacking them down with, I I, I think it's it's coming still. I think they're going to be in for some big fines over this. Oh, it's, yeah. it's just an incredible story. And that's a scary story. I, I don't think I ever want to fly Alaska if that's their attitude. And the lawsuits that are going to come from every single person on the airplane, even if they didn't get sucked out, which is still Probably. amazing that. The kid sure. got his shirt sucked off. Somebody got like, how do you get your shirt sucked off your body? Just like, oh, my God. It's why um, you always got to wear your seatbelt on the airplane, even when you're not, you know, you're not the doing force anything. open the cockpit door. I mean, yeah. that's supposed to be a locked door that nobody can get into. The force yep. open the cockpit door open. Yep. You know, uh, I, I'm I just uh, so thankful again that, that nobody got hurt on that flight. But, yeah, I'm sure a lot of those people are never going to want to fly again. I wouldn't want to. And it's the the 737 Max 9, by the way, Glenn, because there's a lot yeah. of different models there. But uh, just to be clear, yeah, but it's bad. It's bad PR for Boeing, duopoly or not. Yeah, and um, and and I think there's a lot more to come on this story still that's going to affect the uh, the stock. Um, I I think it could dip below 200 before this is done. Um, it's not that far off right now, and and. Boeing last year was as low as I think about 125. So who knows how far this could go down? Um, I didn't want to stress about it anymore. Well, the other big story this week is the SEC approved 11 Bitcoin ETFs. Of course, there was a false approval the day before via X or Twitter, whatever you call it. Um, and the SEC quickly said that was uh, our account was compromised. That wasn't us. But uh, the uh, a day or so later, they came out and they did uh, give approval to 11 Bitcoin ETFs. Kathy Woods Arc has one of them, and there's uh, 10 others besides that. Um, I don't believe anybody on our team, our our masters, have been Bitcoin ballers, and so I was going to ask if it's changed anybody's mind. But uh, then Kyle, who couldn't make our call tonight, informed me that. Uh, he bought MicroStrategy last year uh, because of their holdings of Bitcoin. So I guess we did have a little Bitcoin baller on the team there. Um, 
but it doesn't change anybody else's mind about Bitcoin. And would you consider investing in the Bitcoin ETFs? Um, personally, I agree with what you said before about Bitcoin being the future tulip bulbs. But, you know, if you could put maybe two or three percent in of your money and it's not a huge risk, I would actually I would actually be more comfortable buying MicroStrategy or the uh, great what's it called? The Grayscale Bitcoin Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. Trust. Yeah. And By the way, that one has one of the highest fee percentages. Oh, wow. Uh, if yeah. you look at all of them, uh, some of them are waiving all their fees for the first six months. Mm -hmm. um, and and um, I saw an article today that, that compared them. And Grayscale has like a 0.21% a fee. And that's one of the highest of the 11 ETFs that have, were approved today. Hmm. So that is an ETF because they had one before that was. It, it was supposed to be. I mean, they did have. It was not an ETF though. Oh. And and I believe it was converting with this approval. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, Kyle has MicroStrategy and he has Coinbase. So the guys who buy it and the and the and the trading firm. I mean, who's left? There's a lot of straw. You know, Binance and uh, after FTX, a lot of these exchanges have just been hammered. You know, so I don't know, but at least he has a little exposure to Bitcoin through these companies. I think you're better off doing that that way than just trying to trade in the open market with Bitcoin. You know, well, it's interesting today being the first day of trading um, for these ETFs. Bitcoin uh, popped as high as forty nine thousand today, mm. but it ended up closing at uh, forty six thousand two fifty three, um, which is only up about $67. So it's kind of interesting what's going to happen. Um, I'm, I am not a big crypto uh, investor. I think it's a little bit more like gambling. Um, and uh, I, I know there's a lot of people on both sides of the fence on this one. Uh, John, you have that financial background. What are your thoughts about Bitcoin? Yeah, I don't I don't follow it at all, Tony, and I have no interest in it. Um, there there are uh, uh, much better uh, companies and investments uh, in the market to make rather than um, just sort of like you said, gambling on um, whether um, a currency thing like that would would go up. Um, yeah, it's it's gambling. I agree. I agree, and. Uh... We'll see how it shakes out, but uh, I am not going to play in there. Uh, I think most of us, for the most part, invest in companies for the long term, solid companies that are making earnings and and uh, something that we can count on. It's only owning a piece of a business. So moving on from Bitcoin, uh, this Friday, earnings seasons kick off with some of the banks reporting, including Bank of America, JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, Citibank. Um, how do you guys feel about the financials this year? Is it a good investment or not? Uh, do you have a favorite financial? Uh, John, I go back to you again, being the banker. Um, what, do, what do you think about financials this year? Well, I distinguish uh, uh, between financials and banks. I mean, banks are a subset of the fi of financials. Um, I would not be an investor uh, in a bank right now. Um, uh, I think there's some uh, overhang in in real estate. We've talked about that in previous podcasts. Um, I, I also think there are some pretty significant unrealized losses in the bond portfolios of these uh, banks. 
and we've talked a little bit about that in uh, in previous meetings as well. Um, but when I think about financials, I think about one of my most uh, uh, favorite companies, uh, and it's the largest in my fund, and that's Visa. I'm, John, I'm glad you uh, clarified that uh, distinction because actually, as I was preparing this question today, um, I thought, you know, I'm not sure if I really should word this this way because when when uh, I give my favorite financial, it's going to be an insurer, which is a financial, but it's not a bank because I'm going to pick Lincoln National. And uh, I've been putting some uh, money into Lincoln National here. It's paying a great dividend, and I think they have a lot of upside. Um, so, Glenn, any thought from uh, you on uh, financials, banks or otherwise? Yeah, I'm not a, a big investor in the banks. Uh, they pay decent dividends, and if you wanted more value and stability, I think they'd be okay. But like we talked about the mortgages and the commercial mortgage market, that might be kind of dangerous for them. And I think they're, yeah, much better investments. Like MasterCard and Visa, you know, they control so much that that's a good duopoly if you could have that versus those companies there. Because they all use MasterCard and Visa. It might be a Bank of America credit card, but it's a Visa or a MasterCard, right? So. Well, John, I appreciate your uh, insights uh, from being a banker, and uh, those are some good uh, points to think about. And uh, tomorrow we'll learn a lot more when we start getting some reports from these banks. I would just, I would just add, Tony, that uh, the balance sheets of of banks are extremely opaque. I mean, you 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 just don't know what the loan portfolio is like what the investment portfolio is like. I mean, it is really, I mean, you get financial statements, but understanding the some of the detail around a bank's operations and its assets and liabilities is extremely difficult. And for that reason, um, among others, is, is why I wouldn't invest in a bank right now. And, and coming from a, a longtime banker, that's uh... That's some good advice right there, because I always felt when I looked at those profit loss statements of banks and balance sheets, I felt like that myself. I'm like, how do you make heads or tails of what's going on here? And, and so I, uh, I've i invested in some, but uh, more more regarding uh, trends and, and, and beliefs and information I picked up from analysts, um, because it is a, a, a difficult one to read there. So that's great information. Glenn. I know you've had a lot of these. So is 2024 going to be another good year for the MAG-7, or are they going to become the LAG-7 this year? Mm, actually, I think it's going to be white hot this year because these companies, the AI explosion is not stopping. And I think these companies are just going to, you know, it's, it's I wouldn't call it a, a, it's an oligopoly at this point, if you want to be, you know, specific. And they, nobody else can touch them. You know, it's just... I'm sure they're going to have their sell-off sometime, maybe in the in the summer when the the spring kind of gets a little bit of overheating. But I think they're going to do fine for the year, for the most part. There there has been a little divergence with with Tesla falling off a little bit at the beginning of this year, and Apple's yep. been pulling back. Um, so it's it you know I think there might might not all be grouped like like they have been, and it's going to be interesting to see. John, any any thoughts on any of the Mag Seven? Um, yeah, I'm a big fan, uh, just like Glenn is. I, I think these big tech companies, you know, the Alphabets, Microsofts, 
um, Meta, Apple. I mean, they've got huge cash positions on their balance sheets. They have huge market shares. They have all this financial flexibility to do all sorts of things. Um, and uh, I think, you know, 24 is going to be a good year for them. Good, good stuff. I'm, uh, I, you know, I kicked myself yesterday when I was looking at Tesla because I really wanted a short Tesla right at the beginning of the year, and I did not, uh, which would have been a good call. Um, I want to get back into Apple. I'm kind of waiting on it to pull back down, and I want to get into Google myself, and I've been waiting on it to pull down, and I'm starting to tell myself that maybe I should just start nibbling into it right now because uh, I, I tend to feel, too, that some of them are going to have a good year. I've been in Meta. It's had a great run, um, and I think it can continue. It's kind of hard for me to get back into it right now. Um, well, I'm still in some of it, uh, and I trimmed a little bit because the run has been so good, um, and we'll see what happens with it. But uh, it's, uh, it's, it's great to hear the uh, optimism, enthusiasm over uh, over these stocks continuing. Are you guys, do you have a favorite sector for 2024? Anything that you feel is gonna outperform other sectors? I mean, we kind of just talked a little bit about some of the tech and, and AI probably be based on talking about Mag7. Um, so we know you like that. Is there other sectors um, that you're looking at too, or are you sticking you know, predominantly there? Uh, this might kind of overlap with your, your last question there, but I think because of uh, some of the technology developments with CRISPR and genetic engineering, and uh, like uh, John, you mentioned Vertex last time that they partner with a company called CRISPR Therapeutics, and right. they've struggled the last year or two, but now things are starting to get uh, approved by the FDA and you know, biotech is just an unbelievably brutal industry to be in because it could be years before anything comes of any of these drugs. And if you don't get FDA approval, that's it, you know? So so it, it is a little bit gambling, but it's kind of like, it's uh, it's like you're playing blackjack. It's intelligent gambling with biotech a little bit, you know? And if you could put a little bit in there and it pays off and they have a cure for, I don't know, sickle cell anemia, beta thalassemia, you know, uh, they're actually treatments where they can take you'll they'll take your cells from your blood, they'll convert them into stem cells, and then they'll put the drops in back into your eyes. And in six weeks, your eye your vision will come back and you'll have 2010 vision. So and you won't have any rejection. So this stuff really does work. There are issues, true, but it does work. So I think this will be the year of, of uh, CRISPR. I really think that. Well, yeah. I like uh, the the uh, thought of biotechs. I, I think you, there's going to be select winners, certainly. Um, but uh, I, I like hearing that. John, uh, what are you thinking there? Yeah, I agree uh, wholeheartedly with with Glenn on on Vertex. Um, they're very very well positioned. They've got uh, a, a great balance sheet. Um, and uh, another company that did really well this. Uh, this week was uh, Intuitive Surgical, the robotic surgery company, uh, which I've had in uh, the Tartan portfolio for a number of years. And uh, that's just another company that it's not really biotech, but it's, you know, it's growing, uh, you know, at 15, 20 percent a year. 
Uh, again, strong balance sheet, great management. Uh, there are some good companies out there that I think will reward shareholders, uh, not only this year, but for a number of years in the future. Yeah, I think I think the AI technology is being applied to inter intuitive surgicals, robotic devices. So what you do is when you do an operation, it actually records the operation and then you can play it back and the software will get better next time and it'll actually assist the person doing the surgery. So eventually there won't be a human being. The human being will just observe the surgery and the robot will do the whole thing for them, basically. We, we are in a time of, of many great advances and AI is gonna benefit and help. And, and I think we're in the time though of many great advances in biotech that uh, hopefully will extend all of our lives a bit longer uh, yeah. because of these great uh, technologies, just like the one you were talking about, Glenn. Yeah. I, I'm, 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 I like biotech for this year myself. I'm just trying to pick a few of the ones that certainly are gonna be there. I like value too. And I think we're going to see a little bit more play in value. Um, so that's uh, those are some things I'm looking at too. Um, any predictions for the end of the year? I'm I'm going to throw out mine. I I, I say uh, the S and P will be at 52.50 at the end of the year, mm. which is which is a little bit more than a 10% upside from where it closed. And I I, I give some kudos, uh, Glenn. Uh, uh, Glenn called the a 4,700 at the end of the year, and uh, he was he was pretty close to that uh, number right there. So, so was, Glenn, that's why I'm that I'm bringing this up to give you credit, Glenn, and I'm going to give you a chance to do it again in 2024. All right, uh, we're in like we're actually at around the 4,700 range. I think I'll be more like 5,500 before the end of the year. Somewhere 55, 5,600 before the end of the year. I think you could do more, but you know, I said 5,000 last time, so I'll be a little bit more conservative, all right? I'll say 5,500 by the end of okay. the year. Okay, <laughs> all right, we're, we're, I hope you're right. I hope it's better than my 5,250. <laughs> John, you wanna throw a number out at us? Oh, I, I don't uh, really think about these things very much. Um, you know, I'm kind of a bottoms up uh, guy. I'm, as long as I've got good, strong companies, I just kind of ride the wave, ride the curve. And and uh, but I do think the market is going to do very well this year. Um, uh, you know, I hope it's 5,500, but um, uh, we'll just have to wait and see, you know. Fair, fair enough. I know interest rates are going to be coming. At least I'm. We're, we're all thinking that interest rates will be coming down, and I, um, what that can do, uh, philosophically and uh, for the economy, I think could be very significant. Absolutely, absolutely. It's only a question of when. I think at this point, not not if, and uh, that is certainly the big question. And I I can see a little bit of consolidation and gains and consolidation and then we have the uh, we have the election at the end of the year and that's going to put a lot of interesting dynamics into the market so it's uh excuse me will definitely be an interesting year all right closing up one last piece of in investment uh, thoughts for our listeners um whether it's a, a favorite pick of the year or, or just a general uh, piece of investment advice 
You know, Elmer Fudd said that investing is a whiskey business. <laughs> Very whiskey. <laughs> While you guys think of that, I'll, I'll throw one out. I uh, I heard a, a number of people talking about Peloton this week. I started looking into it a lot, and uh, I like it. It's kind of bottomed out. Uh, I've never been in Peloton uh, through all uh, its ups and downs in the past. I think they've built a great brand name for themselves. Um, and uh, there's a few, there's some speculation that maybe it could be taken out by Apple or Google, which makes a lot of sense. And um, even if they don't, I think uh, it's kind of, you know, at a bottoming point and uh, it could come back from here. So I'm, uh, I'm including some Peloton in my uh, accounts this year. Do you, would you actually use the machine? Nah. I, I use a <laughs> treadmill, but I don't have a Peloton, Glenn. Uh, well, I would say my my theory or my, uh, what would you call it? My my advice is time in the market beats timing the market. And uh, dollar cost averaging is what I tell all the young people that ask me about this. Is like, listen, I can't tell you when it's going to go up or down, but if you have some disposable income, don't buy some crap, go buy some stock, you know? When you say timing, are you advocating to try to time the market or? No, 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 no. What it is is that uh, time in the market beats timing the market because it's, unless you're a genius or you have a crystal ball, you can't time the market. Okay, so thank just you. That's what I wanted to clarify because yeah, so the way you stated it, I wanted to make sure it's it's definitely hard to time the markets yep. and uh, being in it for a longer period um, is uh, is more beneficial. I know it's paid off for all of the masters and yeah, very good, very good. Any last thoughts, John? Yeah, I I would just say uh, do your homework. Um, you know, you you just can't look at a at a PE. And say, oh, gee, that's you know, that's a looks like a cheap stock. I, you know, my brother-in-law told me about it, or I heard it on, you know, MSNBC or something. I, you know, I'm going to buy it. Um, you don't have to be a CPA, but um, just you know, look at some of the underlying uh, uh, strengths or weaknesses of the company. Look at its balance sheet. How much cash does it have? How much? Uh, does it owe in terms of debt? Uh, what are their uh, uh, profit margins? Uh, and uh, you know, just just do a little scrub work, and I think it'll it'll pay off for you rather than um, investing on tips. That's a great great point, John. And 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 yeah. so many people couldn't even tell you what the company does that they they own stock in, and uh, you definitely have to understand what you're buying. Uh, it's, it's it's your money. You gotta gotta make sure that it's gonna pay off for you. With with that, I'll, uh, I'll close up today by saying and congratulating uh, John and Glenn and myself for all beating the S and P last year. And you can find out more about our specific performance and track records at marketocracymasters.com. That's marketocracymasters.com. And um, and of course, many of our other masters also beat the market. Uh, I, will, I will call out Kyle. I mentioned his name earlier, uh, over 100% returns last year. But uh, please check out uh, his long-term track record and all of his numbers at marketocracymasters.com. Thank you for joining us tonight. 
and uh, we will talk to you again soon.